What's up, everybody? Brian Tong here. Welcome to the Apple Bits XL. It is episode 17. We're giving you a little little bit of the show before the July 4th break here in the U.S. And so we know this show is all about you all. I continue to encourage you to call. We got a ton more calls, but we want you to kind of listen to this show first. I have a great interview with Lance Ulanoff, former editor-in-chief of Mashable, now still doing all types of different tech coverage. He is just as passionate about this stuff as you and I are. And so listen to our conversation. We're going to talk about things ranging from Apple ditching lightning, uh, all new developments on Apple Maps. I know how you all feel about Apple Maps. It is a very, people have strong opinions. We talk about that as well as Apple's all-in-one subscription service. So remember, to be a part of the show, call one 833 abxl That's 833-888-2295. And thank you for your continued support of this show on patreon.com slash Tong, where you can do a monthly sponsorship starting at $1 per month. Okay, Let's jump in the show. Here we go. It's the one-on-one with Lance. All right, guys and gals, here with us, Mr. Lance Ulanoff. You might have recognized his work previously from Mashable. He's still in the tech game as a tech expert, social media also. Uh, Lance, you're, you still pretty much go to all the major tech events doing great work, right? Uh, well, I'm trying, you know, <laughs> I go, I go where I can, where it makes sense. And, uh, you know, what people are still interested in, uh, turns out that, uh, you know, you can probably count on one hand what people really still want to know about. Uh, it's not everything and it's not every company, but, uh, you know, so I, and I go to what interests me as well. Absolutely. Now, Lance, thank you so much for coming and hanging out. And, you know, we're here just to kind of talk about some of the latest stuff going on around and inside the world of Apple, uh, a company that you're extremely familiar with. So I'm just going to kind of jump into some of the latest things that have happened and we can bounce back and forth. Really, the latest story that just comes out, we know there's a million leaks. Um, I don't know, maybe you and I could count. If we had a dime, a penny for every time we heard of an Apple leak, do you think we'd be rich by now? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Many times over, we could retire. <laughs> so the latest one, right, is basically this, we've heard a lot of rumblings of, is Apple going to potentially remove this lightning port or go to some sort of lightning USB-C combination? There were leaks of photos that finally have revealed what could be this reported 18-watt USB-C iPhone power adapter that has this whole Apple look. Uh, you know, the photos are online, people can check it out. And there were stories that kind of started surfacing last week. But the question for you that I have really, Lance, is whether it's today, tomorrow, a year from now, will we will do you think that Apple will actually get rid of the lightning port for whatever reasons or not? Well, I mean, I, I think certainly out in the distance in the long run, uh, probably every company would like to get rid of that. They're all supporting wireless charging. Uh, you know, they're selling the bases. They're going to start to develop other t- technologies for charging. Uh, but it, it's a big leap. Now, I, you know, when they, they, Apple probably remembers quite clearly what they went through when they removed the 3.5 millimeter mm-hmm. headphone jack. Uh, pro- also calling it courage or courageous which may <laughs> not have been the right move, but uh, you know that they even if they believe they're right, and I think they do, they don't forget the reaction. So you know they're trying to they one want to you know navigate the path forward, but they also want to make sure that they're satisfying their core customers. Uh, getting rid of a port that is not just used for charging, but is used for connectivity. You know, downloading stuff. There's there are reasons 
that people still want that cable. Someday, though, as the phones get thinner, uh, technology gets better, wireless charging gets more ubiquitous, yeah, then it'll go away. But it's not a short-term thing. No way is it a fall thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, there's always been talks a while ago, Johnny Ive, you know, the, the designer extraordinaire from Apple had basically said that the goal for them is just to make this thing a slate piece of glass, just a single piece of glass, which w- with as few buttons as possible, with just few ports as possible. I'd say let's just have fun here right now and take a stab. I'll throw out a number and then kind of see where you're at. Let's pretend we say this in how many years Apple will completely move whatever type of charging port it is, whether it's lightning or USB-C. Let's say there is no more charging slash syncing port on this iPhone. I'm going to say, huh? I'm going to, I'm going to say in three years, we'll see it. That might be too, that might be too long or too short, but I, where do you, what do you think? Uh, 2025. 2025. Okay. So we've got about seven years. Yeah. And I think that gives time for technology and ubiquity to get where they need to be, but also, you know, so, understand that there'll probably be a device in between that time that offers that maybe as an option maybe it's one version of it but maybe it's the large one Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. i don't think that'll be they'll all be gone but by 2025 we could be seeing the sort of eclipse maybe except for the se you know the low end uh, if that's still around Uh, but i think that that's where you really see the turning point yeah and i i guess part of this also you know, I guess I'm 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 dreaming a little bit. Also, the other part is how how successful this whole air power mat or whenever it comes out, <laughs> right? Right again, whenever Where it comes it? out. <laughs> I know nine months in the making, baby. It's still it's still coming supposedly, but that's also in in we don't even know. Look, even if it's already been nine months, let's pretend the reports say it comes out in a, the sep- we see it in September, maybe maybe. But even at that, I I can't. I can't put my bet on that. It's going to work exactly how they envision it, especially with all these delays, especially with the fact that the wireless charging right now, to your point about just technology catching up and being at that right point, at the right point, is just slower than a physical charge, no matter what, where we're at right now. That's going to take a while to get to the point where people say, okay, I'm comfortable with it at, from a standpoint of the speed it takes to charge is relatively close enough for most users compared to a physical connection. So do you th- yeah. is, is that air power for them? I'm not gonna. It's I never say it's a make it or break it, but it's it's an important piece of this puzzle for them to move forward. Yeah, it's important. It's you know, there's a bunch of stuff that's interesting there. But first of all, uh, I don't think anyone realized that there was some complexity to this device. Mm-hmm. I, I when they they first unveiled it, I considered it a throwaway thing. But what I hadn't considered is that. You know, you're offering a, a slab that will let you put these devices anywhere on the, the, the mat and not think about it. That's the idea, yep. which is right away increases the complexity. And you can see that they're struggling with that. And I thought about that because I have next to my bed a, a wireless charging, uh, you know, like a little circle. And I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I have not properly placed the phone on that circle. And I'll wake up in the morning, I'll grab the phone, I'll go and I'll go, why do I have 40% power? And I realized I didn't put it on just in the right spot. So now I'm like, I'm, I'm obsessed. I've got this OCD about putting it on. Did mm-hmm. I feel the vibration? Oh, wait, maybe I didn't. Picking it up, putting it on again. Mm-hmm. I do it like five times. 
which makes me seem like a crazy person, but it is an indication that what we consider maybe simple isn't quite as simple as we thought. And also to your point about the speed of charging, yes, that's a concern uh, that you know consumers want fast charging. Wireless in general is not as fast. Uh, and I think that people get frustrated with it, by that. They need it to really be, you know, they'll get some power. Say if they sit at Starbucks for 25 minutes, they'll get some power. They won't end up with the full charge. So, you know, and Apple likes to deliver things that that achieve a level of satisfaction. And uh, maybe that's what they're struggling with here. That's saying, you know what, people are still going to be, they're going to put their, their AirPods on there. They're going to put their watch on there. They're going to put their iPhone on there. Oh, they didn't put one right. It didn't work. Nope, they're not satisfied. That's no good. So back to the drawing board. Yeah, I think after the reports came out about how complex this thing really is, and just like you said, the stuff that we don't think about and how seamless they really want to make it, it actually got me more excited about the idea of the air power mat. Because it, I first thought, yeah, I'll just throw my stuff on there. But the fact that if we could throw it in any place, in any position, let's say it just has to be on the mat in some way, shape, or form, and it actually works, that that's that that is really you know, a step forward and something that a lot of people, once they see that happening, they realize just throw it on. If you could just throw your gadgets on there, right? You're already having trouble with one single device. Just throw them on there. I got to imagine that's instantly more appealing for you just as a consumer as well. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The only thing that, that is slightly less attractive to me is uh, the size, Mm. you know, it's going to be bigger. And so Telling you more about my nightstand setup. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a lot about your nightstand, Lance. Next to the wireless charging pad is uh, a charger for my watch. Yeah. And that's one of those chargers that has where it sits up. And that's really important to me. So it faces me. And at night, I tap it gently and I see the time. So it's my, it's my clock as well at night. So I'm pretty sure on the, the air power or the hell the heck it's called. Yeah, you're right. You got I'm it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you won't be able to, you know, you won't be able to 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 see the clock in the same way because it's going to lie down flat. So I'm I, I'm sort of like if great if I can just put the watch on on its side, then I'm golden. Then mm-hmm. it's like oh, this really is a do everything, and maybe it is. You know, the thing is we. Uh, Although the charging coil, I'm I'm 99% certain on the watch sits at, sits at the back in the base, you know, near where the the heart rate monitor is. Uh, I don't think it extends to the edges, and I don't think you can get the same charge. But who knows? You know, we'll 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 see. I'm I'm definitely. It's weird that we should get this excited about a charging mat. You'd think the dullest thing, you know, that doesn't even have a screen, but. You know, we're nerds. We can talk about this endlessly. <laughs> and also for me, look, I'm, I'm, I rock the steel link chain, you know, the steel link uh, bracelet. It's not going to work on the Apple air power for me because to your point, if, when you have that steel link on it, you can't lay right. the, you can't lay the Apple watch flat. So right. It ends up like bound up. That's right. See, I have, uh, I tend to have fabric ones on mine uh, lately because they're more comfortable. Yeah. They're, they're just softer. So, you know, even something as subtle as that, for you changing how look this alarm clock or this you know uh nightstand clock that you used to have isn't going to be there that's also like um 
maybe you'll do it, maybe you won't, right? It's it's just all these little all these little wrinkles that happen because these are all first world problems for all of us. Right. I wonder about travel with it. That you know, if it's small enough, it might be a great travel thing. Because I'm often, you know, when I'm traveling, I'm worried about a number of cables and stuff. So if I can just travel with the one thing and the one plug, that actually that's kind of cool. Well, this is a perfect segue because when you talk travel, guess what we use a lot with travel? Maps. Plugs. Ma- oh, maps. <laughs> Plugs. Maps. Plugs? That's right. Oh, Plugs? my God. I live on I live on maps. We live now before we get into this. Are you do you when you live on maps? though, are we talking Google Maps? Are we talking Waze? Or are we talking Apple Maps? What is your I flavor of choice? Apple Maps. You and do. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Tell it's, me. It's for a very, very simple reason. So I get lost a lot. I, you know, my wife and I joke uh, that I, if I have a 50-50 chance of making the right turn, I'm going to make the wrong turn. <laughs> like, it just happens to me. So I really rely heavily on maps and for tra- when I'm traveling all the time. But, so I put the, the directions into the, the phone mm-hmm. and then my watch I knew it, driving yep. around just taps me yep. and I just glance at it. That is, that from the moment that started, that became a game changer for me. So I am always always using that and i do it you know even the city sometimes i'm trying to find a building and i've got the little tap on my wrist and especially since i added transit you know that made a huge difference so i read that article with particular interest because i am already an apple maps user yeah i i you know the feature that lance is referring to is for people that may not have an apple watch because i don't assume that everyone lives entirely 100 percent in the ecosystem you do get a little tap a haptic vibration on your wrist when it's just about time to make a turn, whether it's left or right. And uh, for the longest time, I didn't use Apple Maps and I just try to mess with it just a few weeks ago. And I did, I'm like, and I did, I totally agree with you. For me, it's not necessarily a game changer because I don't mind looking as much, but I thought it was really convenient and really nice if you have that comp, you know, that combination. So I see how that can really be useful for you. Uh, The story basically that just came out uh, at the end of last week is, and this is good news for everyone, whether you're an Apple Maps user or not, is that Apple is rebuilding their maps from the ground up. Now we know about really that you could easily call it the debacle from, I believe it was iOS 6 when they first launched. And people may forget that the fallout of this had things like the Statue of Liberty missing, bridges looked like they were melted or they looked like they were noodles there were locations that just weren't accurate on the map and um even some roads or bridges would lead to nowhere just because it was kind of this mishmash of all these different services that they put together well eddie q spoke to TechCrunch and talked about specifically how this time they are owning their own data they're collecting it so they can all kind of control it from a quality standpoint as well as privacy and for the record apple maps is significantly better than it was back uh, in iOS 6. Uh, was that 2000 and I guess that was 2012 or so? Yeah, I think it was 12. Yeah, I'm co- yes, I believe that is correct. And so I, I'm not here. We have a lot of, we've had a lot on this show, people that are kind of for Apple Maps and against Apple Maps. And I think sometimes once you have that negative experience with a Maps app, you just stop using it. And Google Maps is more than capable, you know, arguably the best Maps app. Um overall and then also they find you know they did end up getting transit but i what do you think about this just from an apple standpoint of just con, you know again finally being able to kind of control this because this has been a major weakness of them it's not like it's gonna jump leapfrog google maps anytime soon but it is interesting now that they're really owning this they've been doing this for years but finally collecting it to the point where 
we'll start seeing some of these results in the in the iOS 12 of the when it launches we'll start seeing some of it in northern california the bay area where you'll actually be using some of their new data yeah there were so many little pieces in there the uh usage of the data you know so in between data so they're not using you know where you arrive or where you're coming from uh but the bits and pieces of data in between to help improve their maps and that's a lot of you know a lot of uh telemetry from a lot of users and then the the 3d side which by the way you know i remember 2017 uh, writing a story about those cars that were driving around because they were, you know, based on the technology that was on them, we could see they had LIDAR and we were like, mm-hmm. oh, so they're doing more than just grabbing pictures. And now we have confirmation that they're going to be doing this whole next level thing. I think that, you know, th- I don't know that, you know, because Google, I always feel like they have more data and that also because their business model is different, they tend to take everything mm-hmm. uh, more readily. But I, I am encouraged. I think that there's going to be some really cool differences uh, to, to, to show you the world in a way that's more real time, that's more real. Uh, and, uh, you know, especially with the combination of that 3D and the AR capabilities built into iOS 11 and 12 and the phones that support it with their soft hardware. Uh, we could have some really, you know, so for example, you know, imagine you're standing in front of a, a building and you're like deciding whether you can go in, you hold up your phone and what you see is the interior overlay perfectly, uh, in position, you know, and stuff like that is, is possible. And I think that that's kind of where we're going with all of this. So, you know, it's, it's just, uh, maybe it'll make people rethink what you were talking about that original, that bad taste. You know, if you have a piece of food when you're young and it tastes bad, <laughs> you don't want to eat it again for like, you have to be convinced. Like you really, I have two children and, and you know, they're like adults now. And I talk to them, so like, you want to try this? And like, well, I don't know. I go, I know you hated it when you were seven. You're now 20. And, you know, they try to like, oh, this is actually pretty good. I'm like, yeah, because your tastes have changed, but also maybe we're cooking it better. And in this case, you know, there's going to be, there's already a real difference in Apple Maps from the first terrible experience. But, by the time this all starts to come out, I think people are going to see, oh, this is a very rich experience. Maybe I should try it out again. I think that we could maybe say that Apple Maps is the beats of food to maps. <laughs> because I hated beats when I was a kid, right? <laughs> but now, oh my gosh, when you put like some beets with some um like they put they'll put on kind of like a balsamic vinaigrette and then put mm-hmm. some of the bur- burrata cheese on there <laughs> now we're talking like if apple maps can bring their beets up to that level like burrata cheese balsamic beets salad i'm 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 totally there and i kind of wanted to expand a little bit about what you were talking about of of how um for people that haven't really read this story about how they're collecting this data the the cool thing about this right they're not going to capture your data from your starting point or your ending point. They're taking the information anonymously and not from every phone of the middle segments of your trip. So this can also help with like kind of real-time traffic data as well. And I found that interesting just from a standpoint of, look, along the way, Apple has continued to really hammer that point and differentiate themselves as we care about your privacy, right? Where sometimes I feel like when we use Google services, we're kind of under the assumption like, yeah, we signed up for this. They're going to do whatever they want. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that they do 100% act behave that way, but we almost kind of say, yeah, we signed up. 
This is what we do. Google takes our data. We're going to, they own everything about us. They know everything about this. Where Apple's like, hey, just to let you know, this thing, they call it probe data. We're only taking it in between your starting point and finishing point. I I thought that was kind of interesting for them to even really make that a point in this article too. Yeah, and they were trying to, and they were trying to make it clear that, uh, you know, that they're, they're not bringing personal identifying information mm-hmm. with the data. It's basically just because you happen to be there in a place that they don't have what they call ground truth data on in that area. And so they get that ground truth data, but it's not married to your information. In fact, that's just, it's all, they just use like randomized identifiers and they don't, you know, so they don't want it to be, they don't want to know that you went there. They want to know that, someone was there and this is the condition and this is the time that it took and the things that can add relevancy or and even you know every time you use a gps you're always like why did it make that choice Mm, yeah oh all the time you know and what if what if you know if you're always contravening that choice you say nope I'm going to do that do this. Well, now there's some ground truth that may be delivered into the system to understand that there's some value in that as it's starting to give you some sort of, uh, of directions, you know, that it's, it's more than just a, it's so hard algorithmically that like, well, you get from point A to point B by going through C. Uh, but you know, like, no, it turns out that D is actually a much better for all of these reasons that we that we've now collected, that we now understand. And so it starts to adjust and maybe gives you more gives you a richer experience and maybe a better experience in maps. Uh, because I believe me, the first time I started using GPS, <laughs> the joke that we always talk about, my wife and I is uh, we used to travel back from uh, my mother in law's all the time upstate and uh, and I started using this GPS. It was an early one. And I, my wife fell asleep next to me. And we're driving. And she wakes up. She's like, where are we? I go, I don't know. We're like on the way. She goes, what are we doing in Pennsylvania? I go, what? She goes, you don't know you're in Pennsylvania? I go, I don't know. I'm just listening to the GPS. The GPS thought that that was the best route to take us through yet another state. Oh, my and, goodness. And, you know, I was like, that's insane. Why would you let it do that? You know? <laughs> No, I'm just trusting the technology. That's what I yeah. do. I'm trusting yeah. the tech. Yeah. Oh, well, man. sometimes that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even today, right? When you ha- when you're talking about the different multiple paths, sometimes you look and it said, "Oh, it's slower here. It's faster here." And if you've you're the type of person that knows these routes in and out, they're local to you. You sometimes are stubborn, and you sometimes say, "No, I'm not going to believe you today. I'm going to go the route that I know nine out of ten times is faster." And then, so sometimes you can choose to circumvent it, or you can go with the flow. I think I recently drove down. I just this past weekend, I drove um, up north to the Bay Area, and I didn't want to believe Google Maps telling me to take this side road completely off the freeway that would save me thirty minutes. But I'm like, I'm going to trust you this time. And I did, and it saved me. But we always kind of come across come across those crosses where sometimes you don't want to listen to it, sometimes you do, and maybe there is a way that Apple Maps can make us trust that. But I really think it's fascinating because Maps may not be the sexiest thing, but it is one of the most important features on a phone, period. And yeah. Apple knows it's crucial to their business moving forward. So I like the fact that they're actually really trying to take not only just taking this heart, but really trying to build it from the ground up. And it'll be interesting to see maybe in the future, instead of me always copying an address in Yelp and then going mm. to Google Maps, I'll just click on that link and go directly to Apple Maps and not even care. 
I think see, I do, I do that anyway, and I try not to care. But if you want to <laughs> see people get, if you want to see people get worked up, bring up the topic of Apple versus Google on Maps. I mean, it's as bad as as talking politics because the, <laughs> the 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 response, the reaction is always so visceral, and it they is. always look at me when I say I use Apple Maps. They look at me like I'm a complete idiot. <laughs> like how could you even i had respect for you now it's all gone <laughs> and i'm just like if you know mike's i go based on my experience and my yeah. experience has been good uh you know i had a terrible experience once with once with ways and i'm a little nervous about using it but i haven't had the same experience with with apple maps yeah it's on this show when we've talked about apple maps in the past it has brought up a large response from people and i'm sure people will call in because they'll want to They'll either be excited about this or they'll be like, no, 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 this is what's going on, Brian. You have no idea. You need to get on Apple. You need to get on Team Lance right now because it's all about Apple Maps right now. <laughs> right, so right. We, we join me. Yeah, join, <laughs> join me. We hear it all the time. Uh, in kind of the other story that we wanted to talk about that was getting a lot of chatter, and I, I also find this interesting because Apple, from a standpoint of we know they're doing so many things in hardware, and as they continue to try and grow and build out their content for whatever their final end game is to the strategy of TV shows, exclusive content where do they put it? What are your thoughts on Apple pursuing this potential all-in-one subscription when you think about the landscape of how it might compete with things like Netflix or Amazon Prime? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, when I wrote about what to expect at WWDC, I actually threw a mention in about this because I believed that Apple thought was identifying that maybe it was time. They were building out these services. Services is such an important business to them mm -hmm. because it's annuities, subscriptions. You know, it means that once you have people, you're guaranteed, almost guaranteed, you're going to get money from them year over year. People, once they sign up, they tend to just stay in the path. If anything, they get more services from you. But the complexity of Apple's system, uh, you know, the, all these different things you pay for, um, one, is frustrating, and two, seems out of step with the competition. When I look at one of their biggest competitors, Amazon, and they have Prime as such a fantastic product mm -hmm. and such a smart thing that they can bolt stuff onto, and people love it, and, you know, they have so many customers, uh, and... Apple has the potential to do the same thing, especially as they get into the really now they have multiple content offerings and they can't. It's too confusing to pay. You know, I get hit from Apple with all these different charges mm -hmm. all the time. All right. It's like, yeah. You know, and they, by the way, they, they don't identify them very clearly. That's the other thing that Apple's terrible about. So you get all of these things, and you're like, what is this? I can't remember. The and I would so much prefer, look, you know, you got me mm -hmm. Apple as a customer. You've got me on music. You've got me on, you know, occasional iTunes download. You've got me on iCloud. Uh, you know, you've, you're, you're getting me and, you know, make it easy for me. Stop nickel and diming me. Stop confusing me. So I think it's a, a tremendous idea. I, I, I really thought it would have been something that, that would have been perfect to kind of tee up at WWDC yeah. because you prepare the developers for a new, I mean, it could have changed some of the ratio. Like if you're part, if you like allow your products to be part of this, maybe you get instead of 30, 70, you know, you get, you know, 75, 25 on the, the rev share. So there's, there's a lot of things that they could have done. So now my guess is, um, because it, the cadence wise, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think in the fall they announced this, but we don't actually see it for a while. Like, I think it's going to take some time. I don't imagine 
that it's going to arrive that quickly. I could be wrong, um, unless it's you know just another rumor. It's not happening at all. But I do believe that there's something, especially because in the fall there's going to be you know a lot more Apple content. Uh, you know they're really going hard on the shows. Although shows take a little while to develop, I don't know how much is coming out in the fall and how much is coming out in early 2019. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think Apple has to do this. They have to do this because it's one, it's competitive, uh, and and two, it just makes sense for their business. Yeah, I think you know I've always been, whether I'm right or wrong, and you know it's always hindsight is 2020. I've always been the proponent. Like I really wanted them to come to terms with the uh, content providers and networks to launch their own TV subscription service. I mean, they they clearly could have done it a long time ago. I don't think they're going to do it anymore, but they kind of missed on that that revenue, that piece of pie where you have people that are signing up on, whether it's PlayStation View or YouTube TV or Sling TV. Like Apple could have had some of that pie. They could have had a big part of that pie just because of how big they are. But because of whatever reasons, reports talking about how you know they wanted their own terms, they kind of came in with a little more bravado of the pricing that they wanted you know, to flex their muscle and it didn't happen. I, I want to still see some sort of this all-in-one. And again, the thing that's going to affect me the most is will the price be compelling enough where whatever video content that they make a part of the service, I don't know if I'm going to like all the shows, even the ones, <laughs> the partners that I've heard of. If let's say this all-in-one, ha- they, they can break it down however they want, but let's just say this all-in-one package says, okay, you'll get Apple Music, uh, we'll get you iTunes Match and iCloud, but we're also, in order for you to get this package, you'll need to get their, let's call it their Apple Watch service, right? Or Apple, whatever, TV service. I don't, if the shows, if I don't care about the shows enough, I don't know why, if I would actually still do it. Well, I think that's a big as, piece for me. So as Hulu has proved, right? Mm-hmm. What we've learned here is that it takes one show. Yeah, it's true. So it's all it takes, all right? It takes a Handmaiden's Tale or Handmaid's Tale, I should say. It takes the show. You need something that is buzzy, that everyone's talking about, that there's tremendous FOMO, that they're not seeing it. And so they get on the service. And then maybe they discover other things as well. Because even HBO proved this years ago with The Sopranos that, you know, when The Sopranos was going and people were going on the, the service, and they saw the end of The Sopranos coming, and, and there was tremendous anxiety <laughs> because they didn't have anything else coming right after. Now, they're always queuing up something. Yeah. They're always queuing up something and kind of building around it, you know. And, and, and so, you know, we're into Westworld now is the thing that's kind of – and and that's going to carry us now. That's carried us a little bit closer to the last Game of Thrones. And each thing has sort of – a lifespan and pulls you in and you don't, you know, ultimately you're like, I, I'm a kind of paying my monthly subscription for that show. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. if Apple has, yeah, because you've seen Apple's had kind of, what is it? The app? What is that app thing they have? Planet of the apps. Yeah. yeah, It's like, I mean, that's just stuff that's just to prove that they are breathing, you know, that they have a pulse. They're there, right? Right. That's it. They know they need, and you've seen the names that they're signing, and it's become you know a land rush uh, between all of these services. You know, and Apple's—I actually think Apple's totally moved on from the idea of trying to herd cats, trying to get everybody onto the service, onto their own like custom services, as opposed to saying, "Put your app on Apple TV, and we'll help manage the passwords and all that, make it simple, but mm-hmm. not go any for carriage agreements, all of that stuff." They don't want to deal with any of that. 
you know, and just like Netflix doesn't, and Netflix does not. So Netflix builds a, a, a vast library of content, and Apple will have a library of content, but Apple gets to be more. So it has more than just that. I mean, so Netflix lives inside Apple TV, or, and it lives inside other things, but inside Apple TV is all this other content that you can get. So you really spend a lot of time in Apple TV, and Apple knows this, but they lose them. They kind of lose the dollars and the eyeballs when they mm-hmm. go out to other services, or maybe they go to Amazon. So they're no longer really in control. And if they've got on Apple TV two or three shows that are must-see, all you have to do is pay five ninety-nine a month or whatever it is, uh, that's a big win for them. And then, of course, if they do the subscription thing, and please do include iCloud in that storage. <laughs> please, uh, a Lance request here, guys. Oh, if, my if God, you're please. I'll be so upset if that's not included. To me, uh, inclu- if you what they should do is include that, and also you get a bonus because if you are getting the whole service, maybe you get uh, the you pay the two ninety nine for a terabyte instead of the two ninety nine for two hundred gigs. So you <laughs> like they they do something that's smart. Apple's not very good at sort of giving you something more. Oh, we oh wait wait did you say giving you something more? <laughs> Yeah, that's not careful. Their thing. Careful, this that's that's. I don't know if we're on an Apple podcast right now. <laughs> I love Apple. I I I'm, I think that they're fantastic, but oh, no, I know that they're they tend to be they're pre, they're the premium guys. Oh, they are, and so or they, they believe they continue you, to believe that no matter what, right? No matter yes, what, and they don't give you deals because they believe they do not have to. And yeah. generally, they're right. But when I talk to people about Apple. When I, I ask them about their frustrations, it's really centered on things like iCloud. It's centered on things that are almost beyond their control because when you think about what iCloud represents, it represents your phone backups. It represents all your photos. It represents all your music. It's everything that you're doing with them that is increasing because you're doing more with Apple. And Apple's not really helping you. It's just saying, give me your money. So it would be great for Apple to kind of take the business to the next level. I'm going I'm going to put that in my uh, list of things that apple could be nice about <laughs> and may probably won't do but we can always we can always hope <laughs> uh, yeah so lance let's uh let's just play i i did a poll on twitter asking people how much would they potentially pay i know we don't know all the details of this all-in-one bundle service but um i'm curious for you let's just let's let me actually throw out the question that i put out and then i'll have you throw out a number for yourself uh, i asked on Twitter, and we got close to 700 people responding, so a good amount. How much would you pay for an all-in-one monthly subscription service with Apple Music, Apple's TV show service, whatever you know those programs are working on, digital magazines, and I didn't put in here, but let's throw in iCloud. Let's just throw in some some level of iCloud support. What what would you what would you, would you if you had to put those together? What do you think you'd pay for that? Thirty nine ninety nine. All right, that's pretty good. So thirty nine ninety nine. Now I didn't include iCloud, and I I feel like that could be like about a ten dollar difference. But if we just talked about music, Apple TV shows, news, digital magazines, the general audience was really happy with this at forty percent. They said somewhere between fifteen to twenty dollars. So that would, that would kind of fall in line with if you took if you took out iCloud, right? Nine percent said twenty five dollars. Four percent said thirty dollars. 47% of people, and I have predominantly, you know, I have people that follow me for tech, but also Apple in general is more, it's more weighted. 47% people said, I don't even care. And I thought that was a little interesting from the standpoint hmm. of, 
I thought more people would want a subscription service based on knowing the viewers that follow me. And so I, I thought, thought that was interesting, but that 15 to $20 price point, I think it sounds sweet, but if Apple music is already what nine ninety nine ten, 10, there's no, it's going to be like at least 25 bucks so, in my mind. So one thought here, um, the, maybe the reason people don't care is that the one thing that's missing from Apple's bundle, Apple's potential bundle is something tangible with prime. You get, two-day shipping oh yeah um and you, everyone uses that and we order so much so even though amazon's not making the products that arrive it feels like a tangible thing so what apple could do to make this more tangible and actually pay they could charge more but again still save you money is bake in the sort of uh get the new iphone in perpetuity mm -hmm. service mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so make that part of it but at, again again at, at a slightly better price so you know you're really all in on apple yeah you know, i think that i think that the it would be i where apple's going to run into trouble if i'm looking further out is in the sort of home uh, smart home stuff because you know Amazon's kicking butt on that side, right? <laughs> they're they're it's insane what's going on, and they have all these gadgets to sell you, and you could put them all over your house and put them outside your house. Apple has HomePod, okay? It doesn't have, and it hasn't really figured out how to get into the home as little devices like that. It's really pocket devices or wearable, but it's not. And so, because Amazon, believe me, if they all they have to do is say. Now, Amazon Prime Plus, and you also get a discount on all home, smart home devices. Or you get a little Amazon Echo Dot for free. They could literally mm -hmm. do that and put oh, one yes. in every household, and it would be donezo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and believe me, they're, they're making them because now the little one, the Dot, I mean, it's cheap, and yep. they could do it easy. So, I mean, for us, this is fantastic. Let's just sit back and watch the fireworks because Apple has so many options, but so many big questions, and they can't sit back and wait forever because Amazon is eating their lunch in this area. Oh, yeah. And, you know, in these two areas, really, you know, the bundle and smart home stuff. And so Apple has the big opportunity, but they got to go. Yeah, we, we talk about Amazon, just how it's Amazon's been a pretty fascinating story, just how from its roots and how we've literally seen them become an, a legitimate tech player beyond just you know, an online portal, but just a complete services and now physical hardware product. And, you know, yep. Apple's, you almost forget that they started by selling books, right? Right. I mean, that that's, that's amazing to me. And look, we also know that Apple is not going to do anything in the home space until Siri gets completely, you know, restructured or revamped, or basically we've talked about blowing it up and starting from scratch. They have the head of Google's AI that they poached away and we'll see how that comes into fruition in the next couple of years. But to your point of Apple, kind of, you said they can't wait anymore. And it just feels like not only have they been spread so thin with all their different devices and products, but Apple has tended to rely on the fact that we are the big, you know, whatever it is, thousand pound gorilla, hundred pound gorilla, and we're always here to stay and we can kind of take our time. But you're, you've seen in the past couple of years specifically, like they need to get on this and they need to actually kind of attack it. And if there was something like an Apple, maybe they're not going to call it this, but to your point of a bundle thing, the Apple's Apple members only like club, right? You make it mm -hmm. kind of like you make it feel like an elite thing for the the Apple hardcore user. Much like when people freak out and see like that I have a dot Mac account still, 
dot mac <laughs> they're like oh they're like whoa i haven't seen it in a while i'm like yeah because i was one of those guys way back in the day right and so something yeah. that kind of brings that cachet back to oh it's cool you're in the apple's members club and whatever they give in that entire bundle can also kind of help them along with that to make people feel like okay they're part of something because who doesn't want to feel like they're part of something lance <laughs> i do i do i'm happy to be part of that hand raised hand raised <laughs> So Lance, um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate your insight. Um, always great stuff. Can you also kind of tell the audience what else you're doing and maybe ways that they can find you and your coverage and all the great stuff you're doing? Sure. Um, you know, they can find stories I'm writing about technology on Medium. Um, and everything I talk about is always just under my name, not under something strange, usually. Uh, Twitter, I'm obviously at Lance Yulinoff. And Instagram, if they like pictures of the moon and gadgets, I'm there. <laughs> Um, videos, I'm doing videos on my own and also just, uh, doing some, uh, some videos with, uh, something new called guruhub.tv, mm -hmm. which is a project of the, uh, property brothers. And, uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a bunch of different things, but, uh, trying to stay in the tech game cause I love it so much. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, if anybody wants to comment or say how wrong I was on any of this, they can just yell at me on Twitter. It's fine. <laughs> but you know, I, I think it, what speaks to me, um, what you said there is just kind of like how just our passion for the love of tech and being involved in this world and doing it as long as we can. Cause it's just so much fun to talk about, right? It's just so much fun to be in it. Yeah, it is. Oh, and I forgot my newsletter, Lance List, yes. which you can find. Uh, you could find it. Actually, it's usually promoted on my feed, my Twitter feed. It's on through a service called Review. You can look for it there. But um, yeah, so there's that as well. So, Oh, and one more thing that oh, I almost forgot that I've go. been doing for a little while. We'll see if I continue doing it. But I've been doing a tiny, tiny podcast about Elon Musk. Oh, hey. Uh, I say tiny because it's been daily weekdays, um, and usually it's two to three minutes long. Uh, and uh, it's it's so fresh that it is it has been the name has changed three times. <laughs> uh, I'm not even exaggerating. I wish I were. Right now, it's called thirty nine point three million miles to Mars, uh, and it's. Uh, <laughs> it's actually available on Apple Podcasts, but it's also available if you want to kick. It's available on Alexa, so it's a skill. Nice. So you can ask for a flash briefing, and you'll hear me talking about Elon Musk. So been doing that for uh, a few weeks, and uh, you know it's an experiment. But if people are interested in Elon Musk, they can check it out. No, this this is all about the hustle. So Lance, thank you so much, and you know hope you can come on the show again down the road. I won't pester you every week, but I'll pester you a little bit. Be like, Lance, come on, let's get back on this thing. <laughs> all right. Well, it was thank. It was really great being on. So thank you so much for having me. It was good talking to you. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Lance. All right. Take care. Bye. So there you have it. Another great interview. I just I love getting different perspective from people in the industry that have covered this for her really as long, if not longer than I have. So thanks again to our guest, Lance Ulanoff. All right, again, ways to support this show, patreon.com slash Brian Tong, starting at $1 a month. If I've given you any value over the years and you feel like giving some value back in return, $5 a month is basically a cup of coffee. We are still a little over, a little less than one-third to make this a guaranteed weekly show until the end of time. So I've got nothing but love for all of my Patreon supporters. And also remember to be a part of the show. What you heard, if you want to have some reactions or you have new things you want to bring to the table, call us at 
triple eight A B X L. That's eight three three triple eight two two nine five. And I'm not going to forget about this. We've got to say thank you so much love to our Platinum Apples. That's the $100 sponsorship level. Brandon Ledford, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Andy Halverson, Wesley Frater, Michael Bullock, and Craig Hindall. Thank you so much, and thank you for all of you who continue to make this show happen. I'm so grateful. It's crazy. Like, you don't even know. So thank you so much. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Enjoy the break if you're celebrating 4th of July. If not, and some new big stories break this week, guess what? You're going to get a bonus extra episode. So we will keep it here. We'll continue to pump out great stuff. Thanks again. There you have it. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.